Welcome to the Fanboy Planet Podcast for September 20th. You may be hearing it on the 21st or afterwards, but this is when we're recording it. I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. To my right, acting as commentator and sound engineer tonight, Lon Lopez. Hooray! Yes, that's me. Hooray. From MoreOnLife.com. Hooray for me! And uh, unpacking boxes and things is uh, Fanboy Planet Comics store manager, Steve Simonetti. Hooray for Steve! Hooray for Steve! Yeah, yeah that's, all, that's all you're going to say. All right, and of course we are broadcasting from, or podcasting from, fanboyplanet.com, it's 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 105, Santa Clara, California, 95051. If you need to call for any, any comics needs, 408-244-2683, that's 408-244-2683. And indeed... Let's get into the meat, shall we? Yes, let's tear into the comic chuck, if you will. I don't know what that means. That was a anyway. painful metaphor to reach for, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it hurt. It did, it did. Well, probably the biggest news today is, of course, that Marvel actually released a book. What? And that would be, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Civil War Four. I'd like to point out to store manager Steve Simonetti that visual gags do not work on audio podcasts. Oh, yet they make us laugh. Sure, but he's yeah, holding up it, uh, right. copies of Civil War Four to prove that indeed they have it. So it came out today, and uh, Lon, yeah, I haven't read it yet, but can I just guess what happens in it? Guess what happens, Lon? I'm gonna guess that it's a whole issue of people going, "Why are we in this crazy civil war? Why are our two philosophies different?" And that's a good guess, but you are utterly wrong. Darn. Because that's the way the first three have been. Well, when last yeah, anyway. we left, do you recall the cliffhanger of number three? The cliffhanger, I believe, um, had something to do with the God of Thunder. Yes. And I'm not talking about the drummer from Def Leppard. Not at all. Yes. We're talking about... Or Gene Simmons. We're talking about Thor, the guy that handles Mjolnir. Yes, and he handles it well. He does. He handles his Mjolnir. Uh, and indeed, so actually in issue number four, a character dies. Well, I haven't read it yet, so Horribly. I don't want it to be spoiled. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm sorry. But, uh, but that's, you know, hey, death, when you have a civil, if you're going to have a civil war, you better have some death. Absolutely. So, so the death is starting, and it absolutely is, is starting, and it's pretty stunning, and uh, Civil War number 4 is extremely violent. Excellent. And delivers on a long-promised plot development. Good. Yes. Uh, took but, some time. But I'm going to have to say, once again, I do feel that many of the characters are being written out of character. Mm. They're not... You have not read this, so I can say, Steve, have you read Civil War Four? Like you had yeah. chance on a, on a Wednesday. Uh, because Steve has been busy, busy, busy. And right now, as it's almost 7 o'clock in the evening, things have died down enough for him to sit down, rest those tired old dogs, and talk some comics. And, and at least look longingly at the cover of this week's 52. Uh, but yeah, but this has been a long-awaited issue, and the artwork I gotta say is beautiful. So perhaps we can we can say that perhaps it was worth the wait. Well, I will be the judge of that when I read it tonight. Indeed, and I may ask next week, uh, you know, see how it sold because I, I do wonder, and no one seems to be able to say at this point uh, how the delay will affect sales, has affected sales, or people lost their interest. We'll see. I doubt it. I think people are hungry for the war. Um, <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> aren't we all hungry yes. for the war? And I will say this, though, I was thinking a little bit about today with Civil War and how I disliked it in the beginning. Um, 
I was thinking about, you know, every time there's a major crossover, every time there's an event in comics, especially Marvel or DC or whatever, they always go, this is the event that's going to change the Marvel Universe forever. And then all it really is is Spider-Man gets a new costume and it lasts for like six months. And then it's right, like, as know. it was a revelation last week that they're going to put Spider-Man back in the black costume in the future. Oh, great. Fantastic. Anyways, but, so, <laughs> so my go. point of the whole thing was, I, I was thinking that maybe it is time for Marvel to flip up the status quo and and maybe, do you think they'd ever go like DC and where they'd actually kill off regular characters and then bring them back as younger versions or, you know, new people wearing the hood or, you know, do you think that could be a possible way to keep Marvel's continuity fresh or do you think they're going to just... That's, that's an interesting point because uh, I hadn't really thought about that. There isn't a lot in the way of legacy in the Marvel Universe. There's a reference... Once again, I think at some point in Civil War number four, it's not a spoiler because it's dialogue that I'm sure you'd expect, is that Iron Man actually tells Captain America to lie down, old man. Mm. Once again, that thing where it really bothers me, that concept that you're forgetting that Steve Rogers, maybe chronologically uh, 80 years old, say 80-some-odd years, but has actually only been conscious, awake, and living uh, for some, you know, 34, 35, perhaps, they, they play it nebulously. And that idea that they are acknowledging time past, but I don't see Iron Man passing down the, although he has, and that's maybe they, they think that they have made continuity fresh by doing that. At one point, passing the Iron Man armor down to James Rhodes. Um, uh, Captain America sort of had set up Nomad and they, uh, Jack something, I can't Jack remember. Monroe, Jack Monroe. Jack Monroe. Yeah, very nice. There you go. I was a big Cap fan. Anyway. You're a big Cap fan? Anyway. Okay. Um, and they started with the Young Avengers, ideally, I guess, trying to set up a next generation concept, but it doesn't feel like they're setting up the idea of legacies that will carry forward like that. Although, really, in the DC Universe, how much of that has really stuck? True. True. But, you know, one of the, the, the best ones was, you know, Wally West taking over for Barry Allen. That lasted for a good 10 years or something like that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, no, longer than that 20 years because we it's, uh, he became he took over for Barry oh, Allen in the crisis, wake of right. Crisis of right. Infinite Earth. So a good 20 years, and then Infinite Crisis came along, and now Bart has taken over. And then over. they screwed it all up again. No, I'm kidding. Well, that, that was something we were going to talk about there, uh, that uh, Flash number four came out as well to match that Civil War number four, and who's reading Flash? Uh, I'm not. Well, you know, I read the first one, thought, eh, but I said, hey, you know, got to give the second one a chance, read the second one, and uh, just didn't care for it. Yeah. They created, essentially, in Bart, an almost all-new character by completely, like, the logic that, and i got to give Jeff Johns props, the logic that Bart Allen would get tired of being the impulse, mm-hmm. taking the, the mantle of Kid Flash and using his powers to read an entire library at super speed and suddenly gain, that was a great idea. gain that practical was a great knowledge. Idea. Yeah. That was a great idea. Arbitrarily aging him six or seven years and putting him uh, back into the, into the world after having apparently tried to fight and hold on to Superboy Prime in the Speed Force, and then just making him a bitter post-adolescent who lost his adolescence. Think about it. I mean, technically, Bart's really only like four or five years old, yeah. so he's got reason to be bitter, but aging him to adulthood just means man, he got even even more ripped off in his yeah. lifespan. And the other thing, too, was that they barely put the Kid Flash uniform on him before he could really go into that kind of, you know, they give him this, this change in his 
character that, oh, he's read all this stuff, and now he's got knowledge, and now he can apply it in the field, and, and it was kind of an interesting take on that character, and then it was just like, hey, we need a new Flash. Let's make it Bart, and then, boom, changes his whole it's thing. It's a push, and it hasn't been that entertaining yeah. a change. Yeah, and I, and, and uh, I think the art is okay, it's not terrible, but at the same time, it's just not grabbing me, it's just not making me... No. So I think a combination of things on the book aren't working. So so there you go. As we're talking about legacy, things that don't work. Uh, and then the one thing that uh, DC is doing, similar to Marvel, I, I, I put this in my Spotlight Book of the Week, uh, Checkmate. The revival of Checkmate feels like this is DC's, I, I don't think necessarily intentional, but I, I'm enjoying it, that it's DC's take on what, on the kinds of themes that Civil War is dealing with. What happens when the government gets involved? With superpowers, what kind of registration do you need? Something going on in DC for a while, hasn't Checkmate and that Amanda Waller kind of thing been going on for a while? DC has had various uh, incarnations of uh, Checkmate before they turned them into the villains of Infinite Crisis to start Infinite Crisis, Mm -hmm. uh, and have responded now at a a much more organized kind of UN sponsored thing. They're almost like Shield, which was something that. I guess they were created to fill that void. The DC didn't have an over, overwhelming uh, international organization that was designed to keep things peaceful. But now it's a brave new world, to coin a phrase. And uh, Checkmate is dealing with these themes without being having that bombast that Civil War has. It's not far-reaching across, although there are characters that are appearing in other books you could just read Checkmate and enjoy Checkmate, and there are references to other titles, but they're just references. They're not things where I feel like I have to understand what's going on in Checkmate by reading. Uh, and is Checkmate six. kind of a fallout from the whole Infinite Crisis? Is that is it kind of picking up the pieces right. of the whole the Max, world, Max the, Lord thing? The world governments don't trust superheroes, and... So they have created an organization in which the leadership is a balance of superpowered beings with ordinary. Now, see, can I? Okay, here's my problem with this whole thing: the world doesn't trust superheroes, and I mean, okay, that's an interesting plot line to maybe explore somewhere or other. But like, didn't we already kind of go through this with like Kingdom Come, you know, with Mark Wade's kind of thing? And I almost felt like you know he that was kind of the the, the pinnacle story to where you know. The world doesn't trust them, and they're fighting. It's one of those things where they told it already. You know what I mean? That story has already been done, and now we just feel like it's all rehashing over and over again. And, and I guess, you know, with any kind of medium, that's always going to happen. But I now, mean, are you talking about Jay Z's King Kong? Um, well, you, come back you know, I just read. That I know I'm segueing. Go ahead. Do you want to take it? I'll let no, you know. Go, go. I read today in Entertainment or Entertainment Weekly that his new album called Kingdom Come is inspired. By the Mark Wade comic, Mar- uh, by Kingdom Come. Who knew Mark Wade and Alex Ross would be that hip? Who knew this is that what I love about comics. reads Alex Ross, Mark Wade comics? Yeah, but to that, to their credit, it's a fantastic book, and you know, and and also to you know harp on how the medium can transcend, you know, from just the comic geeks or fanboys. You know, that's something where James Jay Z is a mainstream media performer and. You know, he's toting a DC book that came out what five, six years ago, so ten years ten ago. Years ago? And your your sense of past. This is you know, it's we got to work on. We got to work on. It's all hyper time. I try to explain to yes. my family. Uh, it's just like you don't. It's not, what, it's not what you remember. But in the interview, it said though he was inspired by how Superman went away. The world didn't need him anymore, and now 
you know, all of a sudden there's a need for Superman or something like, you know, Superman's back or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, he's claiming that he's Superman coming back. Sure, why not? I've got... I'm not going to get too upset about that. It's, I'm not it's, either because he's, he's going out with Beyonce and who doesn't, who doesn't want to do that? That's so, right. You go, Jay-Z. <laughs> 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 so, uh, but together, we have been through that before. Uh, you know, Kingdom Come made that commentary. Absolutely. And one of the things going on to get back to Civil War is, with you know, there it is again. The world doesn't, or the United States, the people don't trust uh, superheroes and when you put about these things in perspective, I was reading an article in somebody's blog. I wish I could remember because it's a really good blog, and I would like to tout it. But I can't remember where I, where I found it. Was talking about uh, the uh, book a few years ago that Garth Ennis wrote, "The Punisher Destroys the Marvel Universe," and how the Punisher went after all superheroes because uh, instead of being caught in a mob war, he got caught in a battle between the Avengers and uh, X Men. Yeah, I think it was the Avengers and X-Men. And how, you know, that basic premise was kind of silly because the reality is there are going to be casualties in superhero battles when, oh, by the way, the superheroes are busy saving the Earth from being eaten by Galactus. And this is what happened to uh, start off some of the events of Civil War. It's no spoiler because it's months ago. That a group got a group of people on the street got mad at Johnny Storm, who yeah maybe eight years ago in Marvel time now tops saved the world from Galactus and I do mean this literally mm-hmm. went found the ultimate nullifier kept the Earth from being destroyed and they beat him into a coma. Right. You would think that the, 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 they'd give the human race a little more credit that are made up human race, but New Yorkers. <laughs> You know, so not the human race, but but New Yorkers. Well, you know, uh, send your hate mail to Lon Lopez. Just saying, narrowing it down, being more specific. Yes. But you know, New Yorkers are pretty loyal. I mean, look at the way they, you know, they're pretty loyal to their Yank, their ex Yankees too. You know what I mean? So it's like, but right. you, know, you have a guy, Johnny Storm, in the in the Marvel universe, New Yorker, famous New Yorker, saved the world on many occasions. All of a sudden, some kids blow up in Connecticut, and they're like, "Get him! He's evil!" No, that. Not Johnny Storm. Like yeah, not Johnny Storm. Absolutely. I, you know, again, it's a well-written book about a, a seemingly very flawed premise. Right. And as much as I, I think I respect Mark Millar as a as a writer, he's doing some great things. But it just it feels like an Elseworlds tale. You know what I mean? The whole time I'm reading, I mean, and if we're if it's staying in continuity, I don't know how many years back it was, but didn't like so many years ago, didn't Kang take over the world in Avengers? Do you remember that storyline? And uh, the Avengers. I'll take your word for okay, it. Okay, well, it was a. It was more a, of a Marvel head than me. It was so. a uh, Kurt. Uh, Kurt. Music. Yeah. Uh, you know, had this story arc where Kang literally took over the world, the United States and the UN or whatever, signed a surrender form. Kang took over the world, and, you know, it was one of these things where uh, Avengers came back and wrestled the world from Kang and saved the world. So it's one of those things where. Hey, they, I, I think they get a little, you know, uh, it was a carte blanche, you know what I mean? To. You know, get a little forgiveness because that's just that's the world we live in. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. when a when a cop on the street, you know, shoots somebody, you know, whether it's justified or not, he, he gets sixty days. They review it, and you know, they, you know, there's a process. It's not one of those things where people are going, you know, we must string up all the police because they because one bad mm-hmm. thing happened. You know, we're gonna riot in the streets. 
it was a good high concept that they didn't necessarily think through. And again, you know, to go back to, uh, did you read 52 last week? So I, I saved it. did. What was it again? Uh, where they had the ancestor of Booster Gold. Yes. Going in. Ooh, that was a great ending. And, so, and we're talking about, and I think wow. we're free to spoil that right now. And I was reading an, uh, an interview, uh, because, all right, I'll tout them, newsarama.com. They've got exclusives with DC. What can I do to compete with that? Where they get a weekly interview with Stephen Lacker, who, besides <laughs> his name, name. Yeah, <laughs> is uh, the yeah, editor yeah, of 52. School. Okay, yeah, like he hasn't heard <laughs> that one today. Uh, <laughs> but, and he said one of the things with that was that this was like Mark Wade com- complained he said, about the brilliance of Grant Morrison, that like they they have these big conferences about what's going to happen in 52. And they're talking and talking, and they said, like back, like issue number four, Grant Morrison just throws out. What if Skeets is evil? <laughs> and they go, holy crap, that changes everything. Right. And that's what, you know, these are, again, the surprises, I, I've got to say, once again, 52, and I feel like I can just read 52, but I won't just read 52 because I love everything DC does. I am a DC zombie, so they have no such title. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, that it does feel like those surprises are organic and I don't feel cheated. I mean, yeah, and I'm taking your word for it. I had no it idea. It came out of nowhere, and, and, suddenly, and, it, and it suddenly you have to reread those first few issues, thinking, is Skeets lying to Booster Gold all along right. about what he expects things to be, and why Why is he doing it? What could drive Skeets evil, and how could something that small be so evil? But he leaves it with the two-word li- two line, which is, he knows. And that sets up this whole new mystery. Who here, knows? Here we are, 20... Or the, who are the no, he says he knows. he knows. But the question for me is... Who knows? Who knows? Who is it? Yeah. Rip Hunter knows. Rip Hunter knows. But then Rip Hunter also said that his name, I mean, one of those brilliant things, like when uh, we go back to Grant Morrison, when Grant Morrison said that Wolverine's original name, Weapon X, wasn't Weapon X, but Weapon, Weapon 10. 10. It's one of those simple things where they've also included there that Rip Hunter is not his real name because he has to go by the name Rip Hunter so that no, and keep his real name secret so that nobody will go back in time and kill him when he's a baby. Mm. And so it's like, okay, so then if Rip Hunter knows, the question still goes, who is Rip Hunter really? And then the other thing is, is what is it that he knows? You exactly. Know. And who would have predicted a year ago that I'd be excited about a mystery involving Rip Hunter Time Master, a stupid 60s book, who... Previously, his claim to fame was leader of a group so lame they were called the Forgotten Heroes. <laughs> they were all the heroes that everybody forgot. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, so, here we go. The other ones, the Sea Devils, making a huge cut. They were members of the Forgotten Heroes. The sea, and, and briefly, by the way, a Mattel toy line from the 60s. So they were actually like a toy crossover that everyone forgot there were toys and still probably have because I never see nostalgic articles about the Sea Devils. But uh, kind of like the snorks. No, no, okay. no. They're not as bad as the snorks. Okay. They were little scuba men. They were fun. Oh, okay. And they were called the Sea Devils. And you know, they were like, you know, Major Matt Mason. Great ending to fifty-two. And yeah. That's, and you know, granted, it sounds like we're we're beat or not beating it, but you know, playing a broken record every week. We talk about how much we don't like Civil War and how good fifty-two is. But it's like one of those things where, you know, fifty-two. What was it? It's like issue twenty we're into now, mm-hmm. and still consistently. And like I said, with Civil, with Civil War, I wonder if they feel it, that, that coming up is the Stanley meets mm-hmm. the anniversary thing where he meets some of his creations. And Marvel sent me a preview pages just before I, I left work to come here that I realized I can't post at least until tomorrow because there's a spoiler in one of the preview pages mm. for Civil War 4. Mm. 
that is Brian Michael Bendis writing a backup story that basically it's just one page that it's all the splash page is already saying it's almost as if and I, I know Bendis really isn't saying this but it feels like he's kind of embarrassed or acknowledging that you know maybe we have lost our innocence with these comics and it's something that I struggle with all the time is again are we writing are they we I'm not there yet are they writing comics that in order to get the fans are really alienating the people that got into comics for the reason like they there was something about the the wonder that sense of wonder that sense of imagination and instead we're getting too much cynicism i read comics to not remind me how screwed up the real world right. is and maybe i don't want this real world concept of civil right. war posting right. in and the spoiler, I'm not going to say what it is, but again, it is a very logical thing to me that I, I had pegged months ago, going, yeah, this is going to happen, because I can't see any way else for this character interaction to happen, and it did. Well, I heard that uh, Marvel is, uh, i got to scoop myself, Marvel's actually announcing a, uh, a series to, um, you know, co- to compete with 52, it's called 365, and uh, they're going to put out a new comic next year every day. Of the week, really? No, except Joe Casada is going to be going to be uh, drawing it, and it will actually be immediately fall four months behind schedule after the first issue. So, uh, and so, first issue comes out on a Monday, and issue two, I think, won't be there for like four months later. Yeah, right. Kevin Smith's writing it. Yeah, Kevin Smith is actually behind it, uh, and uh, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll see it in 2008. Yeah. Great, we'd be better. We're sixty-five. Look at Jason Mewes writing it. Mm, yeah. uh, another uh, I say, disappointment this week: a mm. cult crimes task force from Image Comics. Let's you know with, our, the, with the wonderfully delicious Rosario. Dawson. Oh, I'm still bitter that you did not remind me that she was at that panel for go, uh, uh, for uh, Grindhouse right, oh, in, in San, yeah. at San Diego because I just I just adore but you know what? To, to her credit, she was very accessible on the floor. At her booth. Okay. Oh, let's be careful. I was <laughs> at her booth. Yeah. Okay. I, Not uh, on the floor. All right. No, I didn't. You know, I didn't like even. You, you should have told me then, and I would have found her at the booth. I didn't even know she had a booth there. You know, Comic Con's gone and it's passed. All right. So, let's so next go. summer we'll just we'll you know we'll, we'll call her up. We'll okay. Call up for people. Hopefully. Uh, Rosie. And I think uh, yeah, a cold crime task force is a good concept. It's a second issue coming out from Image Comics this week. It's a good concept. It's t- definitely tailor-made for her to but be yet a I'm film franchise. I'm hearing some hesitation, Derek. Go ahead. But it's, give not, it to it's us. not a well-written book. It's not a well-plotted book. And a, it's a, a beautifully drawn book with static poses. I feel Ooh. like I'm like the artist is far more concerned that he's going to make it look like Rosario Dawson, so we all get the point that she's going to play the lead if, he, if she sells the film rights. Mm-hmm. And... He's more concerned with that than actually telling the story well. And maybe that, so maybe I shouldn't blame the script. I think just, again, beautiful but static, and I have a problem with that. And I let me give my you know credit again to Rosario Dawson because she is legitimately a comic book fan. And she's she's doing not it for a all bad the right reasons. Actress. No, she's not. I think she's a good actress, and she's doing it for all the and right she's reasons. She's my pick for Storm in the next X Men. Anyways. <laughs> oh, man, I. He almost brain froze me. I'm, oh. I'm off in my own little world. Oh. It was already Dawson with Storm. I actually have this <laughs> dream that they remake the Rocky Horror Picture Show with her as Frankenfurter. I don't know why. 
Now, see, I, I, I why I think that would be just out. awesome, but I think it would be awesome to have Rosario Dawson just sleeping with everything. Okay, so uh, well, did you see uh, Alexander? <laughs> no, no. I don't. Anyways, <laughs> oh, oh, must have touched Colin Farrell. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know do yeah, anything. good point. Like I had a chance. Oh, that's right, and I'm married. And, oh, true. And happily so. Nothing a few glasses of wine can't fix. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Another half of it. So, <laughs> we move on. Uh, we talked about, we said we were going to move into sort of, uh, you know, multimedia. Ooh. I have a DVD in my hands, which I haven't yet opened. Ooh, show that to the audience. Show that to the audience. <laughs> uh, perhaps you can picture it at home. That uh, the sec- complete second season of Teen Titans came out on DVD. Which has the best theme song in TV history, I think. I, I love that yeah, theme I song. Love, every time it comes on, Absolutely. I dance around the apartment, kind of like Cameron Diaz. Would you like to uh, recreate it right now? Uh, all I know is it goes, Go Teen Titans! And that's all. Yes. That kills me. I love it. Yummy, yummy. So, there we go. And uh, so it, it is uh, released. It uh, doesn't seem to have much in the way of extras, but I, I don't think you need extras because... If uh, Mario were here, and I forgot to mention that Mario Anima could not be with us we're tonight. Sad. He's, He's uh, I believe, left the country before the feds could close in. Uh, not positive about that. It may have been, or it was a business trip. But hmm. I'm, you said I'm something about taking the money and run. I'm, I'm like going to go with the former of that. Okay. Uh, that yeah, he took uh, the copious funds of Fanboy Planet. Yes, PayPal. Just rolling around in it. Uh, yes. $12. $12? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're kind. Somebody clicked a Google ad. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, somebody clicked a Google ad. We can't tell you to do that, but please click a Google ad. Uh, so, <laughs> we go. so, have we watched this DVD? We have not. It's still, uh, it is still uh, wrapped because this week I, I spent, I, I was sucked into a BBC series on DVD called Hustle. And mm-hmm. I watched that and That's not the same Hustle that was on FX like a year ago or with on, uh, AMC. Corbet or what was his name? John Corbet? No, wasn't there a hustle? No, or, I know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, yeah. oh, no, that was called Lucky. Lucky, no, was Lucky. Lucky. Another series, John Corbett, yes. No, Hustle's a British series about con- a gang of con artists, and it's uh, just a great, great series. And uh, I was really thrilled by that first season, and then I have this Teen Titans that Warner Brothers sent me, and I need to, uh, I need to watch that. That's the second season? The How many complete seasons second season. Now, this is, uh, I believe they went with, see, Cartoon Network was very weird about this, because their seasons are short. This is only 13 half-hour episodes. But this does have the Terra Saga, Ooh. which... Uh, did they actually kill her in it? Uh, I believe they did, hmm. yes. Al, would you vouch for that? We've got, uh, we've got uh, Fanboy Planet Facilities Manager and Ordinarily Silent Man, Al Deal, uh, who was a fan, is a fan of the animated series Teen Titans. Did they or did they not kill Terra? On the show. They're there. Oh. At one point, they did. I think they did, and then they resurrected her. Yeah. This is not to be confused with the upcoming project that they're going to do, because the Terra Saga was based on the, a, Judas, contract? the, the, uh, the Judas Contract, which is now being adapted by Marv Wolfman, the original oh. writer of... Oh, like he hasn't heard that one either. Uh, the, it's yeah. radio, baby. i got to sell it. Okay. All right. Uh, that uh, Marv Wolfman uh, and uh, and Tom DeSanto, I think, who is a uh, an F... FBP, Friend O Fanboy Planet, Ooh. Tom DeSanto, one of the first uh, guys to give us an interview years and years and years what ago. What up, Tom? What up? Yeah, I run into Yes, yes, and the producer of the upcoming Transformers movie. Uh, the two of them, Marvelman and, and Tom DeSanto, are writing a direct-to-video animated movie based on directly on the Judas contract done in the style of George Perez, who was the original artist on the New that. Teen Titans comic book. 
This, of course, is done in this semi-anime style. I don't know what you'd call it. Is, is there an America? Is there a name for it when it's, it's American it's anime? It's a straight anime thing. Yeah. yeah, because they do the chibi. Chibi is that the you know, the little short figures with the big heads and the over-exaggerated? Yeah, I just just call that anime. Like yeah, no, but there's a name not, for the I, style. And we I'm try, not hip. I'm, I'm pretentious, and I try to learn these things, mm. and I can't remember. But luckily, I teach Catholic school girls, so they all know. Well, so they will tell hey, me. They'll correct me. Go Teen Titans! Um, yeah, so it's a nifty little little package, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching this, because I, I did think, uh, I had watched some of the first season, and then just got busy, and honestly sat back and said, I will just one day get the DVDs, which unfortunately I have to do a lot with a lot of series. And it's a fun little show. But I've seen Slade, you know, Slade... I love how they the can't term. call him Deathstroke or the Terminator. Well, you know why they can't call him the Terminator, because, yes, despite the fact that this is for a an, for a silly looking in design, and I don't mean that as a as a mean thing. I mean I think the, well, the it's it, geared towards kids. It's geared towards younger kids. I mean, they they hand they managed to ad- adapt some serious uh, plot themes, lines and yeah. themes, uh, and yet you couldn't call them Deathstroke, which is. But I you know once again yeah. there it is. It's you don't of, want kids to you know have to go to Deathstroke and then their parents get upset. And right, absolutely. And Stab themselves in the eyes so they can wear the patch. You know, right. typical kids. Stuff. You can just wear the patch. You don't have to actually right. blind yourself. You can just wear the patch. Exactly. Steve wears the patch. Can, are we are we sticking to um, uh, when we went to this review? We said we were going more pop culturey kind of. Yeah, stuff. we don't have to. Um, one thing I, I just I, I saw it last night. I finally on TV. Did anybody else catch Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip? No, I wanted to. Wow. Blew my mind. It's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> superbly written, amazingly acted. Um, the directing style. I mean, you just feel like not once do you sit back and go, "Wow, I'm watching a show." Um, and I didn't think I was going to like it because I, I never really got into the West Wing. Not really know Aaron Sorkin or whatever stuff. But what you know, the fall season just started, right? With all the television mm-hmm. shows coming out. And uh, Studio 60. Wow. Check it out if you can. I was blown away. I might have that on my TiVo waiting for me, and I I really hope so. It's fantastic. Also, have we... I just haven't aired yet. I think it's next week, but the Heroes... Heroes. Do you have any hype on that yet? Yeah, I I, I need to... I I have an article, an interview from our quirky little Erin Frost. Uh, I don't mean to insult her by saying that. uh, But, But, you know, she is perky. She is perky. Uh, Aaron did get to see that at Comic Con, and mm-hmm. she did write a review. And I, I kind of like held off on it, and then forgot I had it, mm-hmm. and realized this week, oh my gosh, I have it! I better run it this week. Uh, she did not necessarily enjoy that pilot very much. She mm-hmm. said it was worth watching a couple more episodes to see if it developed in a way that she liked, but she was not particularly pleased with the first episode. However, I have another friend who saw that same screening, uh, Jeffrey Berman. Jeffrey. Peace out, my brother. Jeffrey's a screenwriter in Hollywood, and... And he wrote it. No, I mean, no he did not okay. write it. He did not write it, but I believe he knows some of the people that worked on that. And he really, really enjoyed it. Well, if anybody out there listening to this gets a chance to see it, and they want to maybe go to the fan forums and tell us what they thought about it... Absolutely, absolutely. Go to fan www.fanboyplanet.com, hit the Fanboy Planet forums button. Uh, we have that up there on the upper left-hand corner. Uh, so there you go, and of course... Or if even you, tell us if they're hyped or looking forward to watching it, or... Yes. I'll also put this out. I, I'm looking for uh, for someone to cover Smallville for us, Ooh. because we didn't cover it. Our, our, 
our Smallville writer disappeared last year. Mm. I'm sure she's still alive and well, and I hope she is somewhere here in the Santa Clara County. But uh, she just, I think, got tired of doing the weekly grind. But I would love she to have someone else do it, especially yeah, yeah. with the upcoming the fact that we've got uh, the Justice League of America will be forming on Smallville this season. What? Yes, yes. I heard that Green Arrow is coming. Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, is coming to Smallville, and his goal is to form a league. And it was announced this morning. No, like a, it was leaked that by episode eleven, they will they will bring back Cyborg. They will bring back Aquaman. Ironically, because Justin Hartley, who is playing Oliver Queen in Smallville, was. was the guy cast as Aquaman in the pilot Mercy Reef that CW did not pick up. Wait, Cyborg's already been on Smallville. Cyborg has been on Smallville. Wow, and not bad, not bad. Uh, the Flash has been on Smallville, and Aquaman himself had been on Smallville with a different actor, Alan Richman, I think is his name. Mm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him, but he will be appearing again as Aquaman since they'd already taken the other Aquaman and put him on hmm. as Green Arrow. So uh, they will have a Justice League episode this and year. And who are they going to fight? So you got Lex. Oh, okay. And currently Lex has the powers of Zod. He's possessed by General Zod. What? Yeah, so... Wow. I'm going to start watching I'm, yeah, I'm going to kind of do a little recap. That's on and the then, CW. And then, Wednesday um, nights. I'm, at, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Thursday nights, Thursday actually. Night, I'm, sorry. I'm going to put that out. If anybody listening is interested in uh, writing, we, uh, we'd love to get fan perspective, and it's just it was just a matter of time. I couldn't pick up the slack because... It would be weeks before I'd get to watch an episode. Yeah, and we're busy guys, you know? We I are. mean, we're media moguls, and uh, when you've got that... We're media going, something. Yes. Yeah. I'm more of a media, media mongrel, but, you know, that's... that's what I, I think that's a better... That's, moving on. There we go, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's that's that. What do we have opening in the, in the cinema this week? Uh, I saw Flyboys. Oh, by the way, Gridiron Gang, number one movie in the country. Yes, Gridiron Gang, very enjoyable film. Flyboys. Flyboys opening Friday. up. Saw that. Something else comes out that I thought was... School for Scoundrels, the... No, that's next week, I think. The 29th. Oh, is it? Okay, I'm I sorry. I've, I've lost a little track. I thought it was this week. And, All the King's Men. Uh, uh, so I should mention as well that the original All the King's Men, which was an Oscar-winning picture, uh, it came out on DVD, I think, last week. And, and it was just begging for a remake. Apparently, yeah. you know. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you win the the the, uh, the Academy Award for Best Picture, there's something wrong with your movie, and it needs to be remade, right? I gotta say though, there's. I mean, this is you know, it, it's we are complaining about this, but I've been uh, <laughs> I've been watching the Casablanca two disc DVD uh, that yeah, the set that it was released like, a couple years ago, and real nice set. And one of the things that they included on the second disc, aside from the, of course, Looney Tunes version, Carrot Blanca, <laughs> was after, I mean, most people would agree, though it doesn't, it, you know, Citizen Kane usually gets best picture of all time on critics' lists and uh, The Godfather. But I gotta say, Casablanca's gotta be one of my all-time favorites. You one can sit down and watch it at any time. And we complain about, why, you know, why did they remake it, and yet, why did they remake movies? But Casablanca had... See, a radio drama adaptation <laughs> a year later with Humphrey Bogart and In Ingrid Bergman uh, and Paul Heinrich uh, reprising their roles. And then in 1952, they did a live television version. And there was a television series in the 70s. David Soule played uh, Humphrey Bogart's David part. David Soule. He it put was, out some good records. It was horribly wrong. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, when we say that, you know, why are they remaking the, these things? You know, all the King's Men begging to be remade. We say that sarcastically, but things keep getting remade. And the truth of the matter is, just as I mentioned on the B my BBC broadcast last week, they're already remaking The Mummy, the Stephen Summers version with Brendan Fraser, 
and Rachel Weisz, they're going to remake it with the same cast because they figure eight years is too long for, like, having the roller coaster of the studios wasn't enough to remind people. Eight years is too long for people to remember it. So they're just going to go ahead and redo it with uh, Goff and Miller, who do who write and produce Smallville, and they're writing the screenplay, and they're in talks with Joe Johnston, who directed The Rocketeer, among... It's the one I always remember, because I love that movie. Uh, he's a great director, but the thing is, like, um, you've even got the same cast. What the heck? Are you sure it's an actual I, remake? I, they, uh, and not just a Mummy 3. They're calling it a reimagining. So Hollywood, Hollywood. I mean, that's just eight years. Are our attention spans so short? Are our memories so short? I can tell you every time I you show. Know, up, I, I heard they're remaking the Mummy. That's what I heard. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, I, sure, I see, yeah, I'm playing along with you, Alon. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, you know, there's uh, there's an offensive thing, and which then gets to that where you start going to things like Civil War. You go back to comics. Do we need to just be constantly? refreshing these concepts and redoing them and resetting the continuity because who's still around? It's re- I mean, but That's like saying that, like, and granted, you know, the mummy isn't even in the same comparison, but that's like saying, you know, oh, well, Mona Lisa. It's a pretty good painting of this kind of fuzzy chip. But it could be better. But, you know, if I could just redo it, you know. I mean, it's, it's in, you know, movies and TV and music. It's all art. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's all art. And it's one of those things where it's like, if it's, you know, I'm a firm believer if it, the ground's already been treaded, unless you don't have a more clever way to say it, what's the point of saying it again? So, but, you know, granted, you know, how many books come out a year, how many books come out a week, you got to keep it fresh and you got to go and... Well, there we go. And the audience is always evolving and changing, so... Like, uh, yeah, someone put on the message boards. There we go. I did actually get a message on the Sweet. forums last week. I was very excited. Thanks, from a, Mom. Thanks from, for writing in. Is your mom's name complicated? Oh, uh, well. It explains a lot. Yes, it does. <laughs> I love you, Mom. He posted uh, complicated. I'm not, I can't remember offhand if complicated is a he or a she. It's probably Avril Lavigne. Probably Avril yeah. Lavigne. So Avril Lavigne posts mm-hmm. that she's very excited uh, about the Justice League of America and who's going to be a member, and she said she hoped that Captain Marvel would be, and I realized there there we go again, where I'm this old-school reader kind of, I love the original Captain Marvel stuff, and it's that sense of innocence that is what I love about it, but, you know, I was reading it when I was five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, now should I have this up? And now the Trials of Shazam, and next week the second issue comes out, and I have this in the, in the preview stack, uh, is coming out in which the Captain Marvel everybody knows I think, is meant to be giving up the mantle of being Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr., who, granted, has a great handicap with his name, because... What's his name? Freddie Freeloader? Or Freddie Free- no, it's Red Skelton. Very oh, good. Okay. Freddie Freeman. No, Freeman. a handicap is that his, he's named Captain Marvel Jr. They changed his name to CM3 for a while. No. Because one of the problems Ouch. is that his magic... Yeah. His magic words... Uh, is a, unlike the other two, it's not Shazam, it's... It dynamite. It's Captain Marvel. Oh. He can't say his name without transforming, without the magic lightning striking, so if he's... Yes, Captain Marvel Jr. says, Hi, I'm Captain Marvel Jr. <laughs> Hi, I'm the lame Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Help me, I must sell newspapers now. Captain... You know, so, um... There we go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
So. Yeah, maybe they should rewrite comics. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, so this is something that needs to be redone. We need to get let go of that innocence and that idea of the child in the superhero man's body. Is that time passed? And there we go. It's like it is back to that movie. It's all one thing. Should we be constantly reinventing? Did the Greeks need to do that? Of course, they had shorter lifespans, and uh, and they, they liked were just young boys. The <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I thought that's where you were going. Which with uh, <laughs> I was about to compare Judd Winnick and Jeff Johns to the Greeks, and now I think it could be libel if I do. Oh, well. so. <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners. <laughs> Well, any of our Greek listeners out there, uh, send your complaints. And, <laughs> and euros. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, it's been a long time since I've been played, playing uh, City of Heroes. Uh, there Ooh, we go. Delicious. Mm, yes. They've got a big announcement, too, and I'll be posting some stuff there. Oh, I forgot back on video games. Hey. So Justice League Heroes revealed another unlockable character today. Well, let me guess. It's Freddie Freeman. It's not oh, Freddie okay. Freeman. It's... The Huntress. Ooh. So this is this game is just and really appealing to uh, you know girl power, a little girl power, Huntress and, and Wonder Woman side by side. I've got a screenshot that I'll be posting later tonight. Mm-hmm. And I just <laughs> I just love this game. I haven't played the dang thing at all, and I love everything they've told me about it. When can we get our greedy little hands? October. On? That's what I'm told. October. So I'm hoping. I'm, you know what? I say we camp out at the Toys R Us that night. What do you say? We'll make we'll, we'll podcast live. From outside the GameStop or whatever we got to pick it up at. Oh, long. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, we no. Okay, no. Well, I'll wait for it. I'm waiting. I'm eager. I'm eager to play. So we're eager. Well, maybe we should leave on that note. Uh, that uh, once again, if you would like to make any comments that we could read on the air, uh, we did get an email as well. That email said. I like Teen Titans, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with that, but good. Hey, I'm glad you do. Them coming. And this week we mentioned the complete second season. The other thing is I think that Teen Titans TV movie, uh, Tokyo Trouble, I believe that was broadcast last week, and I'm still waiting for a review from Lon, uh, from Lon. Not me. Not you, from mm-hmm. Mario on that. But uh, if you have any comments, comments, emails, anything, certainly you can go to the message boards. You can also uh, email me at editor at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, and if you want to just, you know, tell Lon you think he's hot. He sounds really <laughs> sexy. Uh, what email address? About my ethnic group. Yes, uh, the fact that uh, you're offensive, Lon yeah, Lopez. Yeah, I can be. But uh, you can be. And wh- what email is best to reach me at uh, Lon at moronlife.com. That's M-O-R-O-N-L-I-F-E.com. I suppose I could spell out dot .com, but what yeah, the heck. You know. uh, and once again, we are broadcasting from 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 105. That's fanboyplanet.comics. The store that uh, the website people hang out at, uh, 2725 El Camino Real, Santa Clara, California, 95051, 408-244-2683. That's the phone number, folks, 408-244-2683. We're four doors down from the Juicy Burger. It's the only place it's... I buy my comics. Oh, I thought you meant your burgers. Okay. <laughs> Which is good, too, but they're not paying us for that pitch. Oh, okay. So uh, until they actually start giving us free food, forget it. Uh, free food? Free food? Yeah, that perked Steve up. That's the uh, most cogent comment you made all night. All right. And there we go. So uh, until next time. Uh, yes. True believers. Oh, wait. That's probably copyrighted, that's huh? Also, yeah, yeah, that's okay. copyrighted, too. Uh, Thumbs up. All right, the thumbs up and do. Steve gives the thumbs up. Once again, we can't do visual. It's an audio podcast. We're not ready to tape yet. You can see it. <laughs> so true. Yes. And now on that note, I'm going to go off and weep. <laughs> <laughs>
Good night, people. Talk to you later.